0: Top the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. There is no other broadcast on the radio like it. We unequivocally stand for God, family, and country and protect life, liberty, and property. Ladies and gentlemen, it's all about the checks and balances that made America great. It's all about immoral people living moral lives. It's all about being self governed and accountable to God's law, not government. It's all about government living its limited role according to the consent of the governed. This is a freedom loving, fantastic. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. This is the broadcast for August 2nd in the year of our Lord 2019. This is our two of two. Kirk Crosby's on the road, the good sheriff. Standing in his stead, welcome back, Sheriff.
2: Well, thanks. It's great to be with you, Sam. It's a beautiful, muggy, uh, very unusually uh, humidity day, in uh, humid day in Arizona. Uh, but it's monsoon season, and we love monsoon season. And this is when we get the bulk of our rain. So we pray for rain and, and love the rain. And thanks for having me on board today.
1: Yeah, I really don't understand how you guys can even live in Arizona. It's so dang hot down there. I mean, what is up with you people?
2: Yeah, uh, every year I say, how did I grow up in this state? But I did. I, I, I ne- I'm telling you, when I grew up, I really never noticed it being that hot.
1: I don't even know what to kind of think about it, really. You know, in America, it is, you know, we want to say global warming is not real and it's a big old hoax, and it is. But at the same time, it is getting warmer. Do you think it's getting hotter than it used to get?
2: Um, no, I don't think so. No? Mm-hmm.
1: All right, because, man, whenever I go to Phoenix, I just think I went straight to hell. <laughs> it's so dang hot down there. It's just beyond imagination.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, it used to be a dry heat, but it's not dry heat anymore. It's humid.
2: Well, I mean, there's humid times, but, you know, yeah. But it's still, it's still the dry heat, except during... July, August, and part of September.
1: All right. Senator Paul blasts both parties for budget deal, declares the death of the Tea Party. He should be blasting the Donald, too. Donald flat-out encouraged this, and said so there's plenty of time to cut later there, Sheriff.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: Is he off his rocker? I mean, he's, literally, is he on crack? That, We're $22 trillion in debt. The, the deficits get a balloon it doubled under Brock it's about to double again under the Donald and we're like oh yeah we have time to cut later don't worry about it man let it rip he's just absolutely selling the next generation down the river
2: yeah and as a matter of fact I was just reading from Thomas Jefferson's book and uh, he assailed the practice of one generation passing on to the other the debt that this one uh, so unscrupulously uh spent money that they shouldn't have been and then pass the debt on to the next generation. We just have generation after generation doing it and again that's just part of all the brainwashing of the stupid system that they have created.
1: At what point in a dishonest money system where the supreme law calls for gold and silver to be used for Congress to regulate the power thereof, Congress really gave their authority, which they no, had no authority to give it away in the first place, to a private banking cartel known as the Federal Reserve, uh, which is unaccountable to government in every way, uh, and anytime we even bring up accountability, they're like, "Oh no no, no, that's too political we've got to have the, the Fed be completely you know autonomous or whatever okay but uh, the Supreme law calls for Congress to do this, they just spend us into oblivion with dishonest money. money. $22 trillion in debt, and literally no caps going forward for the next couple of years, um, they are going to spend us into absolute oblivion. At what point does it become criminal when they swear an oath to the supreme law of the land? Yeah, that's one thing to say they're irresponsible and, oh, shame on you, shame on you. It's another thing to say, you know what? This is criminal activity. The government, the Congress has no authority to give that regulating of the money supply away. They have no authority to replace honest Gold and silver coinage, which the Constitution calls for, with a fiat currency, and then to give that power to an unaccountable private consortium of banks. I mean, this at some point is like they're in bed with the mafia. This is when does it border on criminal or criminal activity? I'm being serious about this.
2: It's definitely more than bordering. I I agree. I I believe it is. Uh, uh, The the creation of the Federal Reserve was uh, criminal. uh, Abdicating their responsibilities to uh, to private banks is uh, absolutely a conflict of interest. Putting banks in charge of money, are you kidding? That is absolutely uh, a conflict of interest, and a conflict of interest in most cases is criminal. Uh, And for Trump to complain about the Federal Reserve as if he has no control over them just shows Congress and the President don't have any control over the Federal Reserve that they supposedly are in charge of. And, Sam, I'll say this again. It is living proof that none of us should be paid income tax, not because we're rebelling against this whole system, which we should do. As Ronald Reagan said, the system, the tax system in America, deserves a rebellion. It's time for rebellion. It is un-American, and and it is uh, criminal, as we're uh, alluding alluding to right now. However, in just a pragmatic approach, to pay taxes. We shouldn't have to pay any because obviously the national debt doesn't matter, so we should be allowed to keep our money and let these people who drive this debt up every year drive the debt up more. If it does not matter, which obviously to both Democrats and Republicans, it does not matter, so why go after us and why take people's homes away from them and why uh, garnish Wages and why destroy families?
1: I'm going to tell you why. A
2: debt over a debt to this government that is ridden with debt that that doesn't that does not matter.
1: Now I'm going to tell you why.
2: Well, they want the control and they they want to be
1: dictatorial. Yeah, because if they don't have the Gestapo arm to put you in fear, my friend, you might actually decide that you're not going to tolerate their their criminal activity anymore. Right. Exactly. So the way we shut you down is, hey, buddy, before you get anything really rolling, we're going to take away your house, we're going to shut down your life, we're going to shut down your job and your livelihood, and we're going to crush you financially, and therefore you won't, I mean, we don't want the natives to get restless, you know what I'm talking about? Of course. Of course.
2: And, and so, of course, no no tax breaks and no, uh, and of course, huge, humongous amounts of uh, increased spending, tax, spend, and borrow, tax and borrow and when I ran for Congress that's what I said at every one of my speeches tax spend and borrow and the American people have been sold a bill of goods They're, most of the voters accept this the, uh, there's a lot of good people obviously who don't vote uh, and and when you look at this why would you vote because none of this ever changes so?
1: So let me ask this question, because I think this is critical to kind of think through a little bit. So I appreciate Rand Paul for standing up, and is certainly bold on the Senate floor, and I commend him. Lisa's got a, 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 the willingness to, to stand up boldly and call, call both parties out, okay? I get it. But at the same time, as long as you allow the IRS to continue, the people can never get enough chutzpah if you will, to stand against this and try to right the wrongs. At some point, if you're conservative, you'll just get investigated by the IRS. You'll just get shut down. Like Steve Stockman, they'll make up false claims about you. You'll be in prison. Uh, You know, what I mean is there's no way to even write the Republic with this Gestapo arm in place. And then they spend themselves into oblivion. They literally commit election fraud via uh, finance, fake money all the time, to the point where I don't know that you and I can get a a leg up on this. The secret combinations are above us, sir.
2: Oh, yeah, we can. It's, it's really a hopeless uh, situation, uh, and it's uh, so dangerous, uh, and uh, it's just absolutely uh, a nightmare. It's absolutely a nightmare. What they, they not only control their spending, they control our money supply. They control what you have uh, to provide for your family. They control what I have to provide for our family. And now the big push is to spend more. And why wouldn't the Democrats be bold and say, let's spend more? Because that's all they do in Washington, to come out and say, well, yeah, we're going to quadruple this, or we're going to uh, quintuple this, or, you know, uh, what does it matter? It obviously does not matter. And there, therein lies the real catastrophe, And because nobody believes that overspending is a problem anymore. And nobody addresses that. Nobody runs on that except Rand Paul. And, uh, you know, he got what, 6% uh, in the last election? And and so, no, we all just want our share of the, the money. And, I, you know, I'm going to vote Democrat because just give me my share of it, you know. But, you know, even, you know, that I, I say that flippantly, Sam, but in a way, aren't they all teaching us that? The Republicans are teaching us that. Just go for the money. That's what they do. Everybody in Washington is just going for the money. So Elizabeth Warren and Sanders, please take care of me and send me my money and give me all my free stuff. I can't wait. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I have to agree. And so, you know, this can get really uh, discouraging fast, right? Yeah. And I want to highlight for people, my goal isn't to bring you to discouragement. All right? I have a completely different goal. And the way I would say that our goal uh, needs to be in light of this reality, I think it's important to highlight where, you, where we really are. We are in perilous times. And I'm telling you right now, from a mere mortal point of view, we're not going to get out of this. Okay? I mean, we need to be candid about the facts, right? But now we also need to talk appropriately about the solutions. And the solutions are not to elect a bunch of people to Congress. Okay, even if you elected all the right people to Congress who would get this done, all the IRS would do is put them in prison like they have Steve Stockman. They would literally abuse them and put them in prison like they did former Congressman George Hansen. Okay, there's been people who have been willing to take on the status quo to the best of their ability, and they either wind up dead or in jail. And the only way they don't is that they're like a Rand Paul where they walk a fine line and be very critical and look for mass leadership. And if they don't get that, they don't push too hard. All right, so that isn't the answer. The question left then is what is? We'll talk about it with a good sheriff, Sheriff Richard Mack, in seconds on your radio.
0: Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It Ain't Gonna Happen, by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, It Ain't Gonna Happen, a book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It Ain't Gonna Happen, by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot or call Caritas in the U.S., 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000.
3: Why don't we say to the government, writ large, that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes? I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency.
0: With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show.
1: So what can we do about it? The death of the Tea Party. The Republicans sell us down the river. We're not talking about just the House. We're talking about the House, the Senate, (laughs) the White House. Shame on the Donald. Big time, folks. But let me give you some things to kind of consider, Sheriff. Um, You know what? We might want to move somewhere. We might want to have the Patriots move to a covenant community and say, you know what, when the world starts to melt down, uh, when it becomes brother against brother in the next civil war that's going to happen in America, sadly so, not because we want it, but because the immorality of the people always leads to war. Uh, and the people are going to fight to the death for whatever they believe in. And it will not be a safe society. Um, they did a big poll in New Hampshire, took the top spot in the rankings at Wallet Hub for the most, quote, patriotic state in America. It's kind of an interesting thing. They say, according to, quote, Wallet hub, the rankings were determined by data sets ranging from uh, the share of people who voted in the elections to the military. To I mean, it goes on and on and on. But I find that an interesting kind of uh, reality check. They talked about some of the other states have a lot of beer and that's good. And I mean, they have these rankings that, in my opinion, alone are psychotic when it comes to what true patriotism is. You know, they want to know how much beer you have and how much adult entertainment you have and how much government you know, transportation you have. And they have all these whacked out references uh, that I completely disagree with. Uh, I have a completely different criterion. we've hinted at this before in previous shows. But the next headline says Republicans will become a third party in 10 to 15 years because of their hyper masculinity and their xenophobia, said Democratic California Governor Newsom. Now, I don't agree with him except to say, you know what, I do believe that these um, uh, the uh, Republicans will melt down to some degree. I don't know whether the Republicans or the Democrats or both of them or the swamp or I don't know what will become relegated to a third party. But I do know this. As Americans continue to get more and more and more disenchanted, if they don't have a place to go, we've got trouble. And I'm telling you, this trouble will boil into the streets, Sheriff, when you have Democrats literally calling for violence hey if this conservative if richard mack goes to a restaurant you know what harass him and just literally run him out on a rail and then you have literally these um democrat bureaucrats literally delighted when someone gets abused or someone gets assaulted or whatever Uh, and then you have the republicans and you know you look at this at some point this is going to boil over in the streets man at some point uh, the people the natives will get restless to the point where if there's no place for them to go, what's going to happen?
2: Well, yeah, that's true. And, and in my book, I actually bring that out in uh, the county sheriff of America's Last Hope. When government becomes abusive and oppressive, as warned by Jefferson, when all government shall be drawn to Washington, it will become as uh, oppressive and abusive as the government for which we separated. Venal and oppressive is the word he used. Venal and oppressive. Well, my question then is, to whom can the people turn when government becomes venal and oppressive? And, of course, I say that if it's not bottom line with boots on the ground, if it's not the county sheriff, who is going to protect the people? And then it goes then at that point, it turns to what you just said. People are going to be on their own. They're going to feel so hopeless uh, that it's not going to bother them to march in the streets or to riot in the streets because – they have nowhere else to go and nothing else to do, and no other recourse. And so really that's where this is all being pushed. Uh, I, I, I pray that they never happens, but it's, it's irreversible. It's going to happen. And if you look especially at the history behind the Great Depression and the other times that we've had huge recessions, um, we just have this – eat, drink, and be merry attitude, especially in Washington, D.C., from our leaders. And, and it's just, it's, it's irreversible. It's, and, and the conclusion is inescapable.
1: Um, let me give you an example. Headline says this. Trump, quote, Obama had to know about campaign spying. Now, if that's true, Sheriff
2: about campaign what
1: spying oh. so Trump says that Obama had to know about the campaign spying that took place against him, right? yeah so if that's true, and there's no accountability, right. Then this is what I mean. At some point, the public is going to go, there is no way to solve any problems anymore. There is no way to hold the criminals at, in the swamp accountable. If Obama literally knew about campaign spying, he knew that he wasn't even running for office next because he already served his two terms. So he should be a nonpartisan at that point, right? Right. Especially when he sworn an oath to the supreme law of the land. You could say, I believe in my party and I, and I want my party to win over the other guy. But, when you cross the line and say, "I will let fraud occur or or whatever to allow my party to gain the upper hand," you've left your oath of office, you've left your nonpartisanship as a as a president, your oath to the people, and you have now become a, a a partisan okay if we can't have accountability for that, and we can't rein in the spending, we can't control anything and as Americans see that eventually, they're just going to say there are no answers but revolution, there are no answers but war, there are no answers. But, and where do we go from there? And every idea is on the table. Now, that's in the minds of the people, not in my mind, right? I'm against all this. I'm not predicting this or advocating for this in any way. I'm the one that rejects revolutions and stands for, for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. I'm the one that points to the rule of law. So let's let's never let the liberals or our enemies come back and say, I fomented or encouraged or promoted it. I'm worried about this and highlighting the concern that I see Every day we get closer to, um, but people don't realize we're getting closer to it because it's peaceful right now. Right. But I'm telling you, when it starts to happen, I don't know, um, it'll like be too late is what I'm saying. It's it's not the time to get worried about it once it starts is the problem because I don't know that you'll be able to rein it in and stop it. Right?
2: Right. Well, yeah, I think that's the whole point, is that it's just leaving us with no escape. It's leaving us with no alternative. It's, you know, to to sit by and watch everything you own uh, be destroyed by Washington, D.C., greed, politics, and stupidity, and this insane uh, spending uh, habit that they have there that just means absolutely nothing to anybody that that uh, it should mean a lot to and and for them to ignore this catastrophe that's just around the corner for their own political selfishness. Uh, Yeah, that's unfathomable. It's unforgivable. It's uh, amazing that that we've allowed this to get this far. And I say right now, I'll say it again. I said it about abortion, but I'll say it about abortion and this. We should stop paying money to the beast. We should stop, every Christian in this country should stop paying money to this system that is destroying us. But like you say, we we don't have the Tea Party anymore where you could go and try to make that happen there. So the only place you could really send this message out uh, is to the churches. Stop paying to this horrible, horrible, gluttonous, greedy, corrupt system.
1: Well, and to make matters worse, it doesn't matter what the topic is. The rule of law is here. So the people are immoral. They're they're titillated with bread and circus, so they don't seem to care en masse. Now, I know there's some of us who care. Uh, But the next headline says this. Andrew Cuomo signs green light to allow illegal aliens to have driver's licenses now. So at some point when I say, no, we can't go violent, we can't have a revolution, guys, calm down. Then they're going to say, you're a wimp patriot. Uh, the Founding Fathers understood that it was time to declare their independence. We are in the same boat now. And Sam, you can't point to me that they're obeying the rule of law at all anyway. The government's become so lawless, we have no choice. Now, I don't agree with their view, but what I'm saying is it's going to be hard to argue against their valid points, which is almost exactly what they want, right?
2: Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, it, it is it is so uh it is such a creation of corruption that is so easy to see and when you have somebody standing over you with the sword uh, like the national debt is uh to destroy everything about our country uh it's 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 really frustrating and depressing to see that no one else cares
1: Now, let me give you a couple of other highlights to make the point, because I'm telling you all stories are leading to this idea of eventual civil war and anarchy. I pray it doesn't happen, but I'm telling you it's going to. I'm going to give you two headlines, and then the good sheriff can respond on the other side. First one says, the University of New Mexico is considering a proposal to build a wall around its campus. Second headline, large groups of African migrants illegally cross the Texas border, say the feds. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Pursuing liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
4: USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The federal government's jobs report for July has been released, and it shows around 164,000 new jobs added last month. That's above the economists' forecasts, in most cases of about 154,000 or 10,000 jobs less. And it shows unemployment remaining unchanged at 3.7%. President Trump was talking about the economy at a campaign rally in Cincinnati last night.
3: The era of economic surrender. Is over.
4: The Washington Post reporting the Trump administration may be on the brink of reaching a deal under which the Taliban in Afghanistan would agree to a ceasefire and renunciation of al-Qaeda, allowing the United States to bring home around 4,000 of the 14,000 U.S. troops still stationed there. And this is USA Radio News.
5: Hi, this is Lou Manfredini. This House Smarts Home Improvement Minute is brought to you by my friends at Ace Hardware. Patio furniture cushions may be waterproof, but that doesn't mean they don't get dirty. By properly cleaning and maintaining your outdoor patio furniture cushions, your outdoor oasis will be that much more inviting. Sponge or scrub a mild soapy mixture into the cushion, letting them soak for about 15 minutes. Rinse the suds with a garden hose and let air dry completely. For more information, go to housemartsradio.com. And now this. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's the 4th of July sale at Ace, the perfect time to buy the latest grills from our exclusive lineup of premium brands like Weber, Traeger, and more. Right now, get free assembly and free delivery on our top grill brands and accessories, $3.99 and up, from our store right to your door. Don't miss the 4th of July sale, now through Monday, only at Ace. Offer valid for Ace Rewards members only. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions.
4: A Maryland congressman's home in Baltimore broken into just as President Trump was beginning tweeting about that city's crime rate. Baltimore police confirming they're investigating the burglary at the home of Democratic Congressman Elijah Cummings that happened last Saturday morning. It happened just about two hours before President Trump started the first tweets that focused on Cummings and Baltimore crime. Meanwhile, Maryland's Governor Larry Hogan is a Republican who's often critical of President Trump and his policies. But while Hogan did speak out against those tweets by Trump, many have thought that he didn't speak out strongly enough. Last night, he told Late Night with Seth Meyers on NBC. The last thing I need to do is jump in there and have more angry reaction to the angry reaction
5: back and forth. There were plenty of people in America that were tweeting back and forth. Um, I just said, let's just stop all the tweeting.
4: You're listening to USA Radio News.
1: Sheriff Richard Mack and yours truly on your radio. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. So you got the University of New Mexico really understands what I'm talking about. They know there's going to be blood in the streets. It's coming up. Everybody knows that no one's got the guts to talk about it. I reject it and say that there's a peaceful way forward. Um, So I'm willing to talk about it, but I'm also willing to point out the solutions, good sheriff. But they say the University of New Mexico is considering a proposal to build a wall around its campus. Why would they do that, sheriff?
2: Uh. A Democrat area. It's in a Democrat state. It's at a Democrat uh, institution. I thought we were against building walls. What are they trying to do? Keep all the riffraff <laughs> or are they going to make it a prison and keep all the students in? Or both. Well, maybe so. That That is a very unusual thing. That's that's all, so bizarre. Uh, why Why are they saying they want a wall?
1: Well, because I believe that they realize that it's going to get rowdy. Okay, I believe the border – you haven't seen the breaches of the border like it's, you're going to see. This is a – and this is the part people don't get. When we complain about the privacy violations, the government's at the helm and the funding of the privacy violations, folks. When we talk about the tyranny of big tech, the government's behind the building of this big tech tyranny, folks. When we say the border wall, look, Donald's trying to maybe speak up. I don't know. But the powers that be, the shadows of power, the funding, whatever – They are creating this migrant flood intentionally. These people don't have the wherewithal to come to America thousands of miles from multiple countries if they wanted to. Right. Okay. The fact is it's being funded by somebody somewhere. All you got to do is follow the money. No one's willing to talk about that. And I talked to Stuart Rhodes about it on the air, and he basically said, hey, the drug cartels control the border. Of course. Okay, so, you know, child trafficking, sex trafficking, drug cartels, Jeffrey Epstein, all in bed with Democrats and who knows who in the swamp. And at the end of the day, you go, this is not like this organic thing that's just happening that we um, the poor people, we got to help them or stop them or the debates rages on. It's all a big lie. And it's created. Why would the University of New Mexico want to build a wall around its campus? Because they know that it's going to get rowdy. Next headline: Large groups of African Americans migrants illegally cross the Texas border. Now we've heard a lot about the Mexicans and a lot about the South American countries and stuff like that, the Latino movement. How much have they talked about these quote African migrants crossing the border? Have They talked about that at all?
5: No,
2: uh, I did see I did see something about uh, that. There's like 8.2 million uh, slaves still in the continent of Africa uh, and uh, throughout all the countries in Africa, there's 8.2 million slaves.
1: Okay. Now stop for a minute there. Yeah. So let me get this right because I don't want to pay reparations for slavery. Even though I believe slavery was wrong, and evil and wicked and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Uh, I, um, I don't want to pay slavery rep, reparations because I don't believe that I'm responsible for slavery neither do I believe you are. No. And I'm against slavery but I also have a little bit of understanding for the society they came in meaning that I understand that societally it was different and we can't judge the past on the present standards. I get that. But at the same time I say look, how many slaves did you just say?
2: 8.2 million.
1: And we're going to ignore that?
2: Right, who's going to pay who's going to pay reparations on that?
1: Well, and furthermore, why are we then attacking Sam as a racist and Richard as a racist? Because we're both white, because we don't go along with the promotion of these, this evil. But yet, we're not going to mention in the news that large groups of African migrants are crossing our borders. And that they're doing it because if they don't, they face a life of slavery. There are 9.2 million slaves... In Africa today, according to the headline I saw, so you say eight point something, whatever. All I'm saying is this is massive, and literally no one's talking about it, Sheriff. No one.
2: No, I never heard that before. I was I was surprised. I said, we have allowed that many slaves to continue when we're fighting and, and trying to get reparations for the slaves that we had here uh, well over 100 years ago?
1: Well, and how many slaves, Hold on, how many slaves even came to the United States c- compared to that number? And the answer is not very many—four million. So what? Less than half? Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's not very many when it's less than fifty percent, right? Now, don't get me wrong; every life matters, so it's plenty. I-, I don't mean to mock the the number as if it's not many. I'm highlighting a comparison, right? Correct. So don't take it out of context and say, Sam said it was not many, like it's no big deal. It's a huge deal. Anytime there's slavery by anybody to anybody, it's evil and wrong, it's satanic, and we got to stand boldly, nobly, and independently against it, okay? Never suggest that I'm okay with it, because that's a lie. However, I am trying to put it in context as the point, though. We're going to ignore that, and the people don't even know about it?
2: Yeah, well, if if we were going to pay for reparations, I would pay for the enslavement of debt that has been thrust upon us by our corrupt politicians, of course, they don't, they don't believe it's slavery. They believe that they're taking care of us. So uh, it, it's so astonishing, Sam, uh, that that number exists, the eight or the nine million slaves in Africa today, uh, and that nothing is being said about that.
1: And it's evil. It needs to stop. It needs to be highlighted. Where is the mainstream press when you need them? I thought they were against slavery. And their silence, their tacit silence on this shows they're really for slavery or they're ignorant. Definitely. However, now that Liberty Roundtable goes live with the facts, they don't have their culpability anymore. They don't have their deniability that they didn't realize.
2: Well, they, they've they never been against slavery. They're against Trump. And they're also against uh, political movement.
1: Yeah, but I haven't even heard Donald speak out about this. Have you? No, no. All right. Now, Donald Trump says tweeting is his only way, his only form of defense against the hostile press. Sheriff, what do you say to that?
2: Well, I don't think it's his only way. Uh, it's not, because he can call a press conference and talk about them uh, anytime he wants. Well, and he
1: can also decide who can attend that press conference, and guys like me don't even get an invite. He can come on radio programs like mine, and you would say, well, Sam, you're just tiny, you don't matter. And my response is, uh, if the Donald came on my show regularly and did not come on CNN regularly, it would change the game in a heartbeat.
2: Oh, but Sam, there's no problem with the economy, because they're still touting that the economy's doing great, because there was... 164,000 new jobs last quarter or last month. And and so, no, I mean... Do the
1: African slaves get any of those jobs? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh, I guess well, they're fully employed, aren't they? By force. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to talk about it. In fact, if I bring up what's going on in Africa, that white people are being killed and property's being stolen and there's massive slavery in Africa, then they say, I'm a nut and I got a conspiracy going on.
2: Besides, Sam... <coughs> You're a lot. <clears throat> you're a lot whiter than I am.
1: Yes, I am.
2: And uh, I'm very dark tan. In fact, I'm. You. You could probably even call me light brown. Yeah,
1: you're kind of a colored candidate for office. I understand. I know.
2: So I, yeah. if people started accusing me of being white or racist, I say, hey, look, uh, I've got uh, Spanish blood in me, and I, obviously, you can look at me and tell that I am not white. Uh, I might have blue eyes, but I am not white, and so don't be bringing me into... Well, that's the just a fluke
1: of your mixed race, that's all.
2: Y- yeah, I'm sure I am somewhere.
1: Yeah. Uh, you and uh, you and uh, Elizabeth Warren there. You know? I'll bet I'm more Indian than she is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Donald Trump says tweeting is his only... Um, form of defense against the hostile press but here's my point he always goes to the same press he says is hostile he stands out there where a big plane making a ton of a jet making noise in the background you can hardly understand a word he says uh, or either that or he's in the white house or he's somewhere where the mainstream press is all around him and the cameras are going he doesn't go to the alternative media like he could and should even the game All right. For example, uh, his uh, right hand woman, Hope Hicks, for a long time. Now the headline says prosecutors interviewed Hope Hicks in Hush Money Probe, and they have a ton of evidence, reports Ross Story.
2: Well, she did quit. She was with him all throughout the campaign, and then she was a top aide. And I uh, emailed her a couple of times, uh, and I know I had her good email because uh, Sheriff Clark gave it to me. And uh, so I emailed her. Uh, she never respo- responded. Uh, Stephen Moore, I've emailed him and called him, uh, never responded. And uh, you know so anyway, but all those texts, all those emails <clears throat> have mysteriously been deleted from my Hotmail account. So I don't know if Hotmail or Microsoft has a deal with uh, the federal government to get rid of such emails after a while. But even the one email that I sent to the White House uh, regarding uh, helping Sam Gerard, all the emails that I've sent to congressmen, to senators, and to the White House have been mysterious.
1: And this, again, will be used uh, to, to foment the revolution where they'll say, listen, there's nothing we can do. We can't even get an email sent out anymore, Sheriff. Or we can't you know, make our comments known on... Twitter, or Donald can. You know, Twitter's Donald's favorite choice against the hostile media, but we can't. Okay, now prosecutors interview Hope Hicks. I know Hope Hicks personally, too. Uh, they tried to attack my radio program and call me a racist, That I pushed back so hard CNN had to recount, and Hope Hicks and Cruz said Liberty Roundtable Live is a well-known patriotic program. So you can say we're tiny and we don't matter, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm telling you right now, we punch above our weight class. I'll give you that. All right, hang tight, folks. The good sheriff with us. I want to talk about Nevada for a second. Liberty
6: Roundtable Live. Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped-up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress, now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com.
5: and have some kids.
1: All right, Sam Bushman and Sheriff Richard Mack. I want to talk a little bit about Nevada, Sheriff. Nevada passes a bill They call it a, quote, national popular vote bill uh, in a bid to end the Electoral College. Now, we dodged a bullet right now because the governor of Nevada vetoed it. Okay. Governor Nevada vetoes national popular vote, Phil. So we shut it down for now. But every time they make a move on this, so the states become disenfranchised. The popular vote takes over and the electric college on the ropes. Uh, the IRS acts criminal and no accountability. Hillary Clinton runs around and destroys evidence while she's under pena or subpoena and investigation. No harm, no foul, no problem. Uh, literally, Barack spies on the Donald gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar. No, no harm, no foul border. Uh, Leaks like a sieve. Uh, Cartels control the border, says Stuart Rhodes. Uh, Drug cartels everywhere. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein literally got protected by the elite uh, while parents, you know, spend a bunch of money to get their kids in college. Well, I mean, there's just corruption everywhere to the point where I'm telling you at some point it's hard. To really tell the patriots, you know what, you got to remain peaceful and obey the law because the rule of law is what matters here. Uh, true, but they're going to say at some point there is no rule of law, Sam, and I'm going to have be hard pressed to argue the point that there is and it's the right way to go. At some point they're going to say, Sam, you know what? You're just a wimp patriot. The declaration is the only way to go. Let's declare our independence from these creep, thug, criminal, enterprise folks that have dishonest money uh, at their fingertips. Um, and any time I speak up peacefully, sir, they throw me in jail, or they, I'm losing my arguments against that sheriff.
2: Well, you alluded to it a little while ago, Sam, just on this show, just a few minutes ago. Uh, we've got to move to the same place, Sam. Uh, I, I believe now, I, I, I have believed in the past that there were few, a, a few peaceful alternatives left to us. And obviously the, the county sheriff standing and protecting us uh, is still one of them. But even that is not going to stop the national debt crisis. Uh, and uh, it can help, because if, if we could set up uh, sanctuary counties that you and I have proposed for numerous years and that we've even talked about, let's find three counties in America where all patriots should move to. And uh, that's more applicable now uh, than, than ever before. But uh, sheriffs can absolutely stand against this and stop the IRS and stop seizures and 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 help America in in county by county stop paying to this horrible beast in Washington D.C. I mean, we literally could do it if we had sheriffs that had the wherewithal to do that, and if they would understand their role in protecting us from all enemies, both foreign and domestic, then we literally could do it with, with that. Uh, however. Uh, if that, even if that does or does not happen, we as a voting uh, public uh, uh, need to live in the same place that no one understands what's coming, and we need to be in the same area so we can control the sheriff and and control who is the sheriff, control our county commissioners, control our city councils, and uh, make it to where we literally have sanctuary counties for liberty. Uh, a, in, in America, where there's at least three counties where people could move that uh, understand this and want to be left alone and want to be uh, no longer victims of this horrible system, and, and uh, those would literally be sanctuary areas where there would be no abortion and uh, uh, no corruption and that we would be standing in, in uh, holy on holy ground as far as liberty and freedom and worship how we choose and to keep our own property uh, from the clutches of these uh, corrupt officials in Washington, D.C.
1: So can patriots move or create a constitutional covenant community is the question? Right. right. The answer is they can. I don't know if they will, right?
2: Yeah, we can. We can do it. But uh I, I just, you know, even in the patriot community, we still get, well, yeah, I want to do that. So everybody move to my county, so I don't have to move. Yeah. Uh huh. That's that's really what the patriot community would end up doing. Well,
1: and the real question though is, where is the best place to move? Let me kind of explain the conundrum to some degree. Right. You know, you need a small enough place to be able to have enough influence to matter. Right. <clears throat> Uh, you also need a big enough place where there's actually jobs where people can actually work and fund their you know living right there's also got to be a place where it's inexpensive there's got to be a place where um you know people could still live life I meaning you got to have an airport relatively near one you know you got to have and so how rural can you get? I mean I know counties right on the border of Idaho and Canada that are tiny that are inexpensive to live that you could control in a heartbeat problem is it's like four hours to the airport and the problem is that there's no jobs there and um you know etc well that's just not going to work for most people i'm telling you, you got to be realistic so you go to a bigger place and how big and where can it be and in, and what state should it be in what's the most conservative state and what's the state that's most friendly to this and and so i you know the debate rages on i would say everybody would agree we got to go west of the Mississippi. Yeah and i would also then come back and say you know what there are states that are just too big you look at arizona and there's over 7 million people in arizona utah's less than half the size of arizona right idaho's half the size of utah uh wyoming at least population wise is about a third of the sick the third i'm sorry a sixth of the size of utah
2: yeah it's it's like the second least in the country
1: um i think that wyoming is the smallest state in the country
2: is it the least
1: population? By population, yes. It's got about yeah. 600,000 people. Okay.
2: Yeah, all
1: right. The problem with Wyoming is big dollars. It's expensive to live in Wyoming, number one. Number two, there's really, really, really harsh, cold winters. <laughs> and number three, a lot of actresses and actors in any part of Wyoming that's nice, they've literally controlled all the real estate and they control the voting there. So it may not be the place to go. Montana is a very liberal state, believe it or not. You know the coast states are really expensive to live. You know, I mean, I come back and say the only two places I really think are viable would be Utah or Idaho. Uh, Nevada might be a good state. The problem is again hotter than all get out, and uh, the mafia controls Nevada with a, with a, uh, gambling and the uh, prostitution and such like that. The mafia controls that state. Uh, you know, so, okay. So where do you got left? New Mexico. Hey, that's right on the border. Some of these border states aren't a great place to go. I'm not against uh, the people far away from the border. But when you get to the border, it becomes tr- uh, controlled by the drug cartels. Uh, so, you know, you got to get away from the border. What states are left? You can go to the Dakotas, but they're freezing cold, too, or Nebraska. Uh, but, again, you could go to a place like Missouri. But, again, these pe- the, the states are too big. When states start getting 7 million-plus people, they're just too big. You'll never control them. So you got to find a small state, and you got to find a reasonably small county within that state. Uh, and you know, So I look at it, and I say Utah and Idaho are the only place to go. I don't just say that so I don't have to move. In fact, the county I live in right now I think is too big. It's over 600,000 people. That's way too big of a county.
2: That's, that's Utah County, right?
1: Yes. So I'm not advocating for my county necessarily. Right. It's too big. It isn't going to work. So, But we all have to be realistic about these discussions and say, where could we go? Do you really think any other states viable besides Utah or uh, Idaho?
2: Um, maybe some parts in northern Arizona, maybe.
1: The and problem is, again, it's just too big of a state, over 7 million people in the state.
2: But yeah, it would you would have to stay very rural. And, and no matter where you're going, you'd have to stay rural.
1: And if you're in northern Arizona, you're too far from an airport
2: uh well, if you went to smaller airports like Flagstaff and uh, St. George.
1: Yeah, but the problem with those airports is now you got to get a, a puddle jumper. Uh, uh, in other words, it's very expensive to even fly anywhere to the point where heck, yeah. it's almost it, not doable,
2: right? But if we do this, uh, it might be that uh, flying somewhere is the last thing we want to do or con-
1: well, and that's a good idea, except for whether I want to do it or not, as long as society goes and, you know, money can be made, it's a, it's a necessity, if you will. Yeah.
2: So I understand all of that, and but, yeah, bottom line is you're right. It, it would be uh, Utah and Idaho uh, first on the list. You know, I'd be willing to look at if somebody could – I'm hoping that out of that discussion somebody would say, oh, yeah, but you didn't consider this, and this would be a great spot. I said, "Oh yeah, you're right. You know, I can't think of what that would be right now." But.
1: Well, it's worth considering that we don't want to shut anything down. But I say Utah, oh. or Idaho, and then I say it's just a matter of eliminating the counties. I mean, I know there's 29 counties in Utah, for instance. Right. Um, how many counties are in Idaho? Uh, it's what
2: is it? Maybe 30.
1: Something? I don't. I don't know the number exactly. But again, you know, you're talking about, and then you got to say, okay, where could you live? Where's realistic? Where's you know? Where can people? And, and you start; you can narrow it down quickly. You could say, for example, in in U- Utah, hey, Salt Lake County and Utah County are both too big; they're gone. Because Salt Lake County has over a million people in it, Utah County has over six hundred thousand people in it. Those counties are just too big. That's, in my mind, not even an option.
2: And Utah County is so uh, saturated with growth and buildings and yes, oh my gosh, the. Infrastructure in Utah County is already straining because of the rapid growth,
1: and it's only going to get worse, in my opinion.
2: Oh, it is. Yeah.
1: Okay, so I don't think those are viable counties. Kind of, now I'm basically, you know, advocating against where I live, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, but I have to be honest about the discussion. Right. So you know, I don't know where to go. We're we're interested in submissions. Liberty Roundtable at Gmail. If you have a submission of a great place to go, but it's got to be big enough, but small enough, or yeah. small enough mm-hmm. but big enough.
2: Uh, The whole thing is is, uh, a very, emotionally, it's a humongous project.
1: Yes, it is. And the northwest part of Idaho is really nice, but it's too rural and too far from an airport. And, yeah. It's really hard to get to the very extreme parts of Idaho, way, way north and way, way way west.
2: I don't want to be, in deciding that, I don't want to be too close to either border.
1: Agreed. Okay, so northern Idaho is out now. So now you really got southeast Idaho. You got north of the big metropolis in Utah because 90 percent of the population is in one big swath, if you will. So you got to be north of that in northern Utah or southern Idaho, or you got to be south of that in somewhat southern central Utah.
2: Now, you, you'll recall that Bo Greith and Jack McClam did something like this in Cam. Yes, they called
1: it almost heaven, but again, it was too far from any airports and too far from uh, – it was a we think the world's going to melt down and we're going to go into survival mode. It right. wasn't a place where you could bridge that and work, though.
2: But we already have now the catastrophe in front of us, and I believe that the reason to move to such a thing is obvious. Even though the catastrophe hasn't happened, you don't want to wait for the catastrophe to happen and then say, oh, we all need to get there. I,
1: mean, I agree, but you got to have a place where you can live because we don't know how long the catastrophe will be. It might be six months. It might be ten years, and, and you can't right. just stop making yeah. money in the meantime, right? Yeah, that's true. And so how do you balance that? And that's why I've narrowed it down to the spots that I have of Utah and Idaho, and I've ruled out sections of Utah and sections of Idaho that I don't believe are viable. Right. For, the, for those very reasons, you got to be somewhat near an airport. you got to be somewhat near good shopping. Uh, You've got to be somewhat near... Okay, so it, it, it's a tough road to hoe. We'll keep working on it, ladies and gentlemen, and come back with our findings. I believe I have a couple, two or three places in mind. I'm vetting those places with a couple of people now, but this is something we've got to do. We've got to create a constitutional covenant community. I'm convinced of it, uh, because I believe that at some point the rule of law is going to be thrown out everywhere. There's going to be anarchy in the streets. I pray that it does not happen. But I'm telling you, if we continue on our current course, it's inevitable. I'm not hoping or advocating for such an idea at all. I stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. But I'm smart enough to read the tea leaves and say, hey, an immoral people uh, divided against itself cannot last long. And eventually there will be trouble. And I pray and work against it. But I see that it's a reality check. Uh, Ten seconds. Your thoughts, Sheriff?
2: With them, there's nothing worse than what the politicians have already shown.
1: LibertyRoundtable.com, ladies and gentlemen, CSPOA.org.
3: We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.